Hi everyone, today is February 15th, 2024, and this is Read Through the New Testament. And that's what we're doing, we're going to read through the New Testament today. Yes we are, we're working step by step. <laughs> Not the whole thing, um, but we're, we're reading through. You so, know, this is our 98th day of reading. Oh wow, yeah. that's a lot. It is. By the time we get to 150, we're done. Huh. So we're almost two-thirds done. Good job, you guys. <laughs> yeah, excellent with the, the New Testament. Okay, so today we're going to finish Luke 13, and then we're also going to finish First Timothy by reading chapter 6. Yep. All right, so let's start in. We are going to start at Luke 13, verse 18. And again, by summary-wise, these are just <clears throat> stories and encounters that Jesus has, and you need to pick out which you think are the, the most important or write really, really small. <laughs> okay. Uh, Verse 18, he said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And again, he said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like the leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. He went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. So this is what it is. Just he's kind of talking, ministering to people. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? Just speaks about the difficulty of his message. Jesus was really demanding of people. And here's what Jesus says. He said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, you and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us. Then he will answer you, I do not know where you, are com- where you come from. And then he begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and taught you in our, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. In that place, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. And people will come from east and west and from north and south and recline at table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first and some are first who will be last. I I think here you see the hypocrisy, Mm -hmm. probably tying back to that, that they say they're following Jesus and everything, but their deeds are wicked because that's what he says, depart from me, you workers of evil. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So the the followers of Christ must take up the cross and follow him, not be workers of evil. Right. Okay, verse 31. Mm-hmm. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go and tell that fox. That's a nickname for Herod, Herod <laughs> the fox. Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow. And the third day I finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Behold, your house is forsaken, and I tell you, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What a strange response to say, get out of here. Herod's trying to kill you. Yeah, it's very And then he strange. condemns Jerusalem. Yeah. Like maybe Jesus discerned that they're trying to just get Jesus away. It was they who wanted Jesus away rather than 
looking to preserve his life. I, I don't know. It's just, well, probably. I mean, it often says Jesus knowing their yeah, thoughts. Yeah, so. that's, that's best how I can explain it. Okay, we're First Timothy chapter 6, and uh, this is dealing with uh, false teachers, um, an exhortation to Timothy to fight the good fight, and an exhortation to the rich. That okay. might be a good, good outline. Okay. Um, Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brothers. Rather, they must serve all the better, since those who benefit by their good service are believers and beloved. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth imagining that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. Often people think it says for money is the root of all kinds Mm -hmm. of evils, but it says the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Jesus Christ, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He was the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. That feels like that should be the end. But he keeps going on. But it ends. Okay, we'll go on to verse 17. You go ahead. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, or nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Okay, and then here's the final exhortation. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irrelevant babble and contradiction of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. Grace be with you. All right, that's First Timothy. Okay. And tomorrow we'll talk about Second Timothy. Okay, bye-bye. All right, bye, everyone.